It's time for Coffee with the Chicken Ladies, a podcast for people who love chickens. Hey everybody and welcome. It's Chrissy and Holly from Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. This is episode number two of our brand new podcast where we talk about chickens, family, fun, and more chickens. More chickens. We drink a ton of coffee. And most importantly, we hug our chickens every day. Don't forget to hug your chicken. Today we're brewing coffee from our local coffee house in Bel Air, Maryland. Coffee, coffee. Holly, and what flavor are we brewing today? We're still doing Almond Joy today. We're stuck on that Almond Joy because I love Almond Joy. It's good. I'm not great on flavored coffees, but this is good stuff. It's delicious. Again, if you're local, it's fresh, it's hot, it's good. Go over, get a cup of coffee there. If you're not, they do ship. You can buy on their website. It's in our show notes. Yes, definitely. So can you believe number two? Okay, we're we're episode number two mm-hmm. now. And it's it's been great. Yep. And we're second week of December. Love it. And we're in the holiday season. Mm-hmm. What have you been up to? Just the normal homestead stuff, you know. Are you getting ready for the holidays over there? Yeah, we're not going out of town this year. We're staying home with having a small intimate celebration. Oh, just yeah. us and the animals. With How about COVID you? and everything, mm-hmm. everything's going to be smaller, but still fun. Right. Keeping it fun for the girls. Got the tree up, doing all the decorating. Uh, we have less gifts to buy because normally we buy for everybody, but we're not going to as many places. I think we're giving a lot more cash gifts. Yeah, it's your shopping. Hey, since we're both doing cozy little intimate at home, let's put some Instagram photos up of our chicken decorations. Oh, and no, we have them. Of course. <laughs> so let's go ahead into our breed spotlight. We told everybody last week about the black Spanish, mm-hmm. and we kind of said that that was a chicken that wasn't as popular. So this week we thought we'd go from one extreme right to the other so this is one of your favorite breeds this is a favorite breed of a lot of people definitely and this chicken has been a great success story it is it has graduated from the livestock conservancy's conservation list since 2016 and it is the orpington orpington and i have two different types of orpington in mm-hmm. my flock it is personally one of my most favorite chickens. They really are very popular. They're one of the the favorite breeds of backyard chicken farmers now. They're kind of known as the lap chicken mm-hmm. or the golden retriever of the chicken world. Right. They're so sweet and friendly. They've been a great success story. Again, they came off the conservation list in 2016. They're still considered a heritage chicken. Because they're an older chicken. They were developed in the 1800s in the town of Orpington in Kent, England. There's our name. Yes. They were the result of crossing Menorca roosters, it's a Mediterranean breed, Which closely cousins to the black Spanish. Exactly. So they they were the result of crossing the Menorca roosters with black Plymouth rock hens. Then the offspring of that cross was mated to a Langshan chicken, which is another heritage breed. And voila, we have the great chickens. <laughs> they were intended the breeder intended them to be a dual purpose breed good layers and meat chickens, but to everyone's surprise, they quickly became extremely popular show chickens. Because of that personality that they have. Exactly. So they were so popular in the United Kingdom, they were first imported in the United States in 1891. So they've been here a while. They have. They were recognized by the American Poultry Association as a pure breed in 1902, and they have to be recognized by the APA to become a heritage breed. Exactly. So 1902. 
Um, buff is still the most popular color for this breed. It is, but there are some gorgeous, gorgeous colors. Now, mm -hmm. we've had the buffs the longest. Mm -hmm. They're five years old. And this just this last season, the girls and I, we've been dying to get lavenders, and we got four lavender chicks. They are absolutely beautiful hens, too. They are, yeah, they're a really pretty color. And they're, I'm going to tell you, they're just as friendly and docile as the buffs. Mm -hmm. So I can see how they would be popular for any kind of showing or anything because they really let you handle them. So like a 4-H project for a kid that wanted to show. Yeah. And the other good thing about them is they're cold hardy. So mm -hmm. where we are, winter can be sometimes mild, but a lot of times can be pretty cold. The mid-Atlantic can swing back and forth. We can have super hot spells and then super cold spells. Yeah, they do really well with the cold. I mean, they have so many feathers. So, very, so are they considered one of the heavyweight breeds? They are. Okay, so they're a large breed, very feathery, lots of down feathers. Yes. So my research showed that there are a lot of colors of Orpington available. Mm -hmm did find a lot of colors. Not all of them are considered official colors by the American Poultry Association. So your lavenders at this point are not considered a heritage breed, but they're super popular. They're super, they are one of, they're a quick raising in popularity. Mm -hmm. That's for sure, the lavenders. The buffs are definitely recognized. That's the most common color. That's the most common color. And we've seen the lavenders. Um, so in my research, I also found chocolates. Which are, you know, like a brownish color. They're, again, the same body shape. So big and fluffy. Big and fluffy. Mm -hmm. um, you also found black and blue splash. They're beautiful chickens. It's sure beautiful. Mm -hmm. And the Wheaton, I think, is more common in England, but it's a lighter color than the buff. It's really beautiful. There's a white calico, which is, it's a red base with sort of speckling to it. It's wow. hard to describe. Google calico orpington. I need to do that because I have not seen that one. <laughs> there's a porcelain, which is a white base. And then there's my all-time favorite, the Jubilee, Definitely. which is a speckled. It's sort of like, it looks like a speckled Sussex in a giant fluffy orpington I thought, body. I thought I heard something that you might be wanting to get some of those. I do. The only place I've found them in the U.S. so far is my pet chicken. Oh. They do have the Jubilee Orpingtons. Nice. It's on my wish list. This year, I'm my chicks I think I'm going to get from a breeder. I'm a little concerned about the shipping with the about USPS. The mm -hmm. And if I were doing a heritage breed again, I would want strong genetics. So I'd be looking for a, a very established breeder. Oh, yeah. But I think you can find buffs, buff Orpingtons. Usually, a lot of local. Now, all of our chicks have come from a local farm store to the our mill. Area. The mill. <laughs> We're going to put that name out there because the all of our babies, all of my babies have come from there. Mm -hmm. And basically, they put out a wish list. Uh, uh, the chick list. A chick there. list, mm -hmm. as I call it. I call it a wish list. It's a sneak, <laughs> and it's a sneak preview of the breeds they're going to have in the spring. How many years have we salivated over this list? Way a lot. too many. So every week, they have different chickens in. And... At that point, you're not really worried about the shipping as mm -hmm. much as they are. They get them in. So you go in and pick which chicks. And they're they, very popular. Buffs every year. They also have their chicks vaccinated for Merrick's, which is something I look for when I, I get too. chicks. Mm -hmm. I really look for that also. So smaller smaller places tend to go to different breed, you know, the smaller breeds. And they have recommendations. And they only take certain chicks with the vaccinations right. and different things. So yeah, the, the Orpingtons, they have all different kinds usually. Mm -hmm. uh, they had the chocolate this year. 
I remember that. They were straight run. They and were you straight didn't run. want to risk a rooster. Because you know what? I didn't have a rooster plan, which that's something we're going to talk about later. Yes. Well, I kind of do have a rooster plan. Am I your rooster plan? You are. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have a little bachelor flock of you roosters. You have a bachelor pad, so you're mm-hmm. my rooster plan. I'm okay. sorry. But 40 years later, you know you're my rooster plan. <laughs> <laughs> so their personality, which is their number one draw, mm-hmm. they're so friendly. You, I mean, just like in a person and a dog and anything, you can get different variations. Sure. So generally, they're really good with kids. But one drawback, which is a drawback and a good thing together, is they go broody very easily. Okay. Mind it. So if you wanted to breed your black Spanish chickens and you kept some Orpingtons, they could hatch some eggs for you. Do you remember the phone calls you've gotten from me? Yes. You had that broody hen Josie <laughs> and you wanted to hatch some of my Swedish flower I eggs. I can't get her out of the box. I can't get her out of the box. Do you have any eggs? I had sweet... Well, I still do. I had Swedish flower eggs at the time, but I did not want to risk more roosters at that point. I only had two coops at that point. Right. So, and I had a rooster in each one. So, they do go broody. So, it's like, as soon as the temperature gets up a little mm-hmm. bit... I think with Orpingtons, it's like as soon as it hits 65, okay. their bodies are like, I want to be a mom, I want to be a mom. The hormones kick in, the warm weather. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they tend to do that, and you kind of have to break them. And they're not bit. super heat tolerant either. They're not, because they're a larger body. Mm-hmm. And we talked about winterizing last week. Right. When we get into summer, we'll talk about all that, but I have to use my extension cords again in the summer to put fans out there mm-hmm. for especially them. We do it too for our heavyweight. Actually, we do it for all the chickens, but especially the heavyweight breeds. Oh yeah. It gets incredibly hot and humid in even this northern part of Maryland where we are. Yes. So I definitely do that for the bigger the bigger girls. In winter though, they have the smaller combs and wattles, so you're not as worried about frostbite. They have various sizes. So I've had some that have like bubbles. That's mm-hmm. one of mine. She has hardly any comb at all. And then I had Josie, which unfortunately we lost to a heart attack. She had a very large comb. So you would have to do some Vaseline or some green goo on her comb? Exactly. Okay. Now, since they're a large breed, are your roosting bars wide enough that they can lay with their feet flat and cover them? Yes, they are. We use two by fours. Yes, we do too. And we also have a lower one. So we have a higher one that, the higher one, let's just say is two feet. The lower one's like one foot. Because the heavyweight girls risk injury, jumping right. up and down. Okay. Right. That's another thing with them being a little bit bigger. You want to have a lower roosting bar. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that we've gone through a lot of our stuff about the buffs. What do you think? I think so. Um, when I was looking for other colors of buff, I found some of those other colors at My Pet Chicken and also the Sandhill Preservation Center. They had a lot of the um, American Poultry Association recognized colors that are more unusual. Sand Hill has had some predator losses recently, so I'm not sure what stock they'll have in, but as we get closer to spring of 2021, check their website. It's in our show notes. You can never plan too early for spring chickens. Exactly. It's definitely good. Again, and I'll say this, I said this last week, but Facebook is a good place. Mm -hmm. You can join groups about certain breeds of chickens find local breeders you can find the local breeders on there and get some even more information about this really fun personality friendly kind of chicken out there so they're so super friendly we think this will be a really fantastic breed for kids which takes us straight into our main topic 
kids, kids and, and chickens. chickens. <laughs> I think I can talk of kids and chickens. One of the main things, uh, we've always talked about this, the girls and I were on board for the chickens to start off with years ago. They wanted to do the chicks. So your daughters were with you when you went into the mill and bought your first chicks. Tell <laughs> us about it. And they begged for them. So they were five and 10 at the time. Mm -hmm. And Joe went away for a global summit or something for his business. Mm -hmm. and, and we took a ride. We're like, let's just go in the car and take a ride. But we had been talking about chickens. And I kept saying, which a lot of women can sit, kind of hear this like, I'm going to do chickens. And your husband's like, no, we're not doing chickens. So I went through that whole thing. Okay. We're going to do chickens. I've done all the research. Blah, blah, blah. No, we're not doing chickens. So he went away and we went for a ride. And the girls and I were doing this, take a right turn. And then the next time somebody else picks right or left. Okay. And we ended up at the mill. It was faint. It was <laughs> so we go in there. It was meant to be. And there are four buff Orpingtons. That's all that were left because they're so popular. That's all that was left. Mm -hmm. So we go in there and the girls are like, we need to get them. We need to get them. There's only four. So I had been in my head saying I wanted chickens all along, mm -hmm. but I had to take the risk of saying, oh no, I have to go home and explain these chickens, which he's a, Joe's away on his meeting. He's going to come home and find that we have four chicks. Uh huh. So they begged and begged and I'm like, okay, you have to do all the work. You have to do all these different things, which they pledged to me. Mm -hmm. We're going to scoop it every day. We're okay, right. <laughs> so then I had to wait Because that. you wanted chickens. I wanted chickens. <laughs> Come on. I, I'm not that kid that had, you know, stopped on the side. I stopped on the side of the road for every animal, anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They I'm find me. So we brought home the chickens, set up the brooder, which uh -huh. was fun. But then we had to, you know, tell Joe. Right. So we told him, and he was in disbelief at first. And I was like, it's going to be easy. He asked, the kids are going to do all this stuff. <laughs> so, you know, a few thousand dollars later, and <laughs> we still have them and love them. And now we have 13. There's chicken myth number one. Chickens are inexpensive. Oh, my God. So many people. When we first started talking about chickens, you can look up, like, coops for 100 bucks. Sure. And you're, you're naive at first. You know, I would say to Joe, we can get a coop for $100. Uh, no, you, you know, for, my, no. for me, I couldn't. I We ended up at the Amish market getting the Amish made coop. Which really are the gold standard for coops in this area. In this area, And yeah. I did build a coop, um, and it's as solid as one of the Amish coops, but I was not able to move it when Pete and I bought our place and moved in there. It's kind of shocking when you see it, the the huge tractor trailer come pull up with your cube right when they deliver mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we made it through all of that and then we get into okay what are chores and the kids were so excited you know we're gonna mm -hmm. do this they would sing to them talk to them and along the way and so they're really good with it so now where we are is they have certain chores that they do all the mm -hmm. time when they're little i didn't have them do as much so you said your girls were five and ten, ten. Yeah. So I did a little bit of research because Pete and I don't have children. So you're the authority on kids and chickens. <laughs> yeah. So I did some research and the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, actually has a recommendation. Oh, really? They recommend that there should be no contact with kids under five and chickens. They should not be handling That's chickens. kind of where my standard as a mom kind of was. Like, I'm like, okay, she's five. Mm-hmm. I still didn't leave her unsupervised. Well, the, I did read a couple of horror stories where the chicks were injured by children. They don't know better. They're, they're little They want to cuddle them so much. Right. The CDC's recommendation is actually to do with salmonella. Oh, yeah. 
because under five they're more susceptible more, to pathogens. Their immune system isn't as stronger, the children. Um, and so the biggest recommendation there, and what most moms, including you, have said to me is that they, they just need to be trained to wash their hands immediately after handling chickens. Definitely. Kid, everyone. Everyone, exactly. I mean, in fact, we don't, we have the shoes. We have, we call our chicken shoes. Coop shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have, like, we have Crocs and Muck boots. Mm-hmm. And they never enter our house. Right. Ever. Because chickens eat what's on the ground. They can sometimes of pick course. up some stuff. Mm-hmm. They can have parasites. So you're stepping in chicken poo. You're not going to, you don't want right. to bring that in your house. So it's the kids. So the kids have fun picking out their muck boots mm-hmm. and then they wear them so much they wear like Ella right now they go through boots quickly I need a new pair of muck boots mm-hmm. and I'm like we just got these a year ago come on she's like no they're they're letting water in and I'm like you know we need to get them so mm-hmm. they love that kind of have that their own like muck they have boots. their own chicken gear their chicken gear nice we go out and get the stuff and they love it so brings me to chicken chores uh-huh when they're little, it's harder to give them the chores. Like when Ella was five and Sophia was 10, basically I still was doing everything. Sure. Let's, but let's, you were modeling good practices and good chicken care for them. I'm going to say, let's just put it out there. I'm still doing everything. Because <laughs> <laughs> we keep it real. We're going to keep this real. But, you know, Ella now, they put the chickens out in the morning and I go out with them. Uh huh. So that way it gets them. Like, the whole reason I wanted to do chickens was for the girls. Mm-hmm. To show them, if you treat That's something the kindly. Reason. Wasn't there a Chrissy wanted ch- I, I know this woman. She wanted chickens. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. No, it's so fine. You're modeling good behavior. You're teaching the girls about food source. Food source, but with care. Mm-hmm. So you have to take care of this being. Mm-hmm. And in return, you get something joyous back, an egg. And you get to eat it. So I remember the first egg came, and we waited so long for those buffs to lay eggs. It's like a holiday, isn't it? The oh my goodness. The egg is so exciting. We saw it was Josie. She was in the nesting box. And we're like, she's in the nesting box. She's in the nesting box. <laughs> and you just hear her, ah, you know, like comes out, and we get the egg. And we're like, can all four of us eat this one egg? We had to wait for a few more eggs. Right. And, and they're little teeny pullet eggs at yeah, first. Yeah, so at first it was they collected the eggs. Mm-hmm. In the very beginning when they're chicks, they would sing to them, read to them. Mm-hmm. I let them handle them when I was there. And then we free-ranged them, like, to get let them out of the brooder once they had more feathers. Sure, get some sunlight. So they were kind of in charge of wrangling them mm-hmm. and things. But, like, when my niece and nephew come over, they're two and three. Mm-hmm. I'm with her. I'm with them all the time. They're so young. Yeah. They could inadvertently hurt a chicken or chick. Yeah. And they could... In the, you don't have any roosters. But if you did, roosters can... Oh go goodness. after little kids. Have you ever gone online and seen these compilation videos of roosters chasing people? Okay, my first question is, who is videotaping? <laughs> and laughing at themselves And silly. laughing at a rooster trying to attack your kid. It's always the kids. The kids run out to get the eggs, and then the rooster comes out of nowhere. Right. Like, where is the rooster just hiding out looking for this child? He probably is. He's probably looking out for his girls. Yeah. These kids probably need therapy. They've been chased by roosters. I almost needed therapy after being chased by a rooster when I was 20 years old. <laughs> I know. Like, I, I have to say, it could be scary, that's for sure. I mean, look at those spurs on there. Yes. They could do some damage to kids. They can. My nephew actually has a scar on his forehead. Yeah. Where he was spurred by a rooster. That's like, kind of do some research. Like, And that's what we were talking about, rooster plan. If right. a rooster fits into your homestead yes. or not, and with the kids, I'd say and, I'm a firm believer in having these children 
like when they're free time, when we first get chicks, mm-hmm. they're holding these chicks nonstop mm-hmm. because they're of the age. Again, five and up, right? Now. Yeah, now they're 10 and 15. Mm-hmm. So they're doing homework with the chicks sitting on their neck or <laughs> because we want to be able to handle them and I want them to also be able to handle them. Mm-hmm. If you have to medicate, if you have to treat them. I think it also teaches them that these chickens are more intelligent than you would think and they're capable of very real emotional bonds. They're so smart. and things that you don't realize until you have chickens and Mm -hmm. why when people hear about all of us chicken keepers how attached we are to chickens Mm -hmm. you don't understand until you have them you're probably right about that that the amount of intelligence that they have and the Mm -hmm. amount of emotional capabilities Mm -hmm. it's it's so high and the kids pick up on that and they children do they really Mm -hmm. see it so i think it's really good for kids to be able to care for them and you see a lot of videos out there where children just hugging and then the chick takes to one child and then they have mm-hmm. a bond so it's really really good so now the girls put the chickens out in the morning i still go out mm-hmm. take care with them and at night i always go out with them so you can do the head count and make sure all the hens are in yeah now sophia's 15 and i've taught them enough along the way that we do a head count every night okay because it can happen where one for some reason somebody's sick and doesn't roost or yeah so we do a head count and they're like sophia knows the locks the Mm -hmm. window situations Mm -hmm. the head counts and it's just teaching them along the way and i can't imagine them not having the chickens like now as so part of our routine right they've had them i mean they've grown up with them they have the other thing is it keeps them active Mm -hmm. because they're outside Mm -hmm. okay say it's bad weather or something you will not move at this point in time too right you're like stuck at home this has kept the kids busy mm-hmm. in, in a hard time like covid you hear a lot of people getting chickens right it's kept it's given you something to love to pour your love into and these kids have done this your girls are outside doing work you're instead outside of, mm-hmm. instead of dwelling on the world and what's going on right. with COVID and stuff so that's been really good for them they love them so roosters i'm going to go back to roosters just a minute okay you know we love roosters so you were talking about if a rooster fits into your plan right when we say have a rooster plan we mean if a rooster doesn't fit into your setup for whatever reason right having a place to rehome them right so if you have very small children i would be very nervous about having a rooster unless you knew for sure he was very kind and easygoing unless you have your own aunt holly yeah, but I'm not taking everyone's roosters. I have, my husband and I have joked about setting up a rooster rescue ranch, but I can't. I don't know. I would need like a 200 acre farm to not have people complaining about the noise. They, I love when they crow. I do too. I think it makes me happy. I think it's a fabulous sound, but I know it's not everyone's favorite. So roosters. So you know we see. Back to those videos. But we see little kids kind of toddling around. They think the chickens are great. They're squealing. They're waving their arms. Right. That is everything that signals danger to a rooster. Right. So I think if you decide you're going to have a rooster, you cannot let your little ones be unsupervised near them. Just be careful. You know, like make sure the rooster's like kind of away when they're up there. Right. It's certainly if you have a rooster prone to aggression you need to manage it's him. just natural for a rooster to do it's a natural roosters behavior. are all heart they want to take care of their girls they're yeah. biologically programmed to do that yeah so just being careful and even like right now with my niece and nephew two and three again they're not in the run with even the hens mm-hmm. so i but i have them like feeding them through and 
I'll pick up the hens and then they'll pet them. Mm -hmm. I'm just really careful. It's just sure. all about like what your situation is. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's with them. That's I have the little ones around. Right. And they they love, love, love the chickens. So, so overall, we think it's a very positive thing. But one bad experience can traumatize some a child forever again. Like chickens. your parent videotaping you being chased by a rooster <laughs> and laughing hysterically and then putting it on Facebook. And having ev and then it gets shared a million times and then right? everyone's laughing. And you're gonna be in therapy for twenty years because <laughs> anyway. anyway. So should we go into cracking the eggs? I think so. And it's about Christmas time and what's more Christmas and kids. Right. I mean the kids love Christmas and I keep telling Sophia and Ella Love it now. Enjoy it. Enjoy it <laughs> because when you grow up, it's a lot of work. It I enjoy it, work. but it's still a lot of work. Uh, the tree, everyone wants the lights on instantly. I'm like, okay, well, we'll do it, but it's work. When they grow up and figure out that mom makes the magic happen, it's the magic. they have to do it themselves. It's the magic. So cracking the eggs is our recipe segment. And you have kind of a magical recipe this week. It's well, it's a very old recipe from your family. It's Judy's Christmas Breakfast Bake. It's my mother-in-law's recipe. And unfortunately, we lost her to cancer seven years ago. So it's one that, um, you know, Joe and I, which you introduced us, basically. I did. 28 years ago. That It's been 28 years. Since we started dating. Wow. 23 okay. years married. And he tried to explain to the girls the other day that, he knew Aunt Holly before me. He did. That's right. And they were like, what? <laughs> I mean, you knew me a lot longer, but. Yeah. I mean, we, we started in kids, grade school but... together and then all the way up through, we graduated next to each other from high school. So what I introduced you, what, when we were in our first year of college? One of the shows that we went to somehow. I think. I, I think might have been we 18. Were, I think we were maybe just starting our first year of college. 17 or 18. I think it was 18 when you introduced us. Okay. We were together at 19 mm -hmm. and never, never have not been right. together. So you made the magic happen. So this is <laughs> Joe's mother's recipe. And since then, we've been eating this recipe. It's really good. Um, and it's, it's easy make ahead. You can well, dress you kinda, this up or down. You have to make it ahead. Mm -hmm. You have to have make it at least one day ahead. So this is technically like a savory bread pudding or a strata. Like an egg bake. So you're using a lot of eggs and some cream or dairy in there? Yes. So you put bread and then you mix your eggs and your cream mm -hmm. with some dried mustard and some salt and pepper. Mm -hmm. um, we do it with turkey sausage. You can do it meatless. You can do it with regular sausage. And you put you layer the bread and the sausage, and then you make your egg mixture mm -hmm. with the cream and the season and the seasonings, and then you pour that over, and then you top it with the cheese. Nice. So, you could make this meatless if you wanted. Yep. You could add veggies, whatever yes. you want. Really, you can make it gluten and dairy free because I've done it with gluten free bread yeah. and dairy free milk. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And you like it's another one that you can make your own. This is one that, so for the last 28 years, I've had on Christmas Day. So you pop it in the fridge on Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve. Stick it in the oven Christmas morning, and you have this great brunch dish. We have it, and we always have a house where you know it on Christmas mm -hmm. morning. So it feeds a lot of people, and it, it uses like a dozen eggs. Mm -hmm. So if you're one of the lucky people that have winter layers, right. you have the eggs to go. If not, do the walk of shame. <laughs> the Buff Warpingtons aren't super prolific layers, though, right? They are not. Okay. So they make up for it. They are like, we better show ourselves off in our personality because we're not going to lay you a hundred. They only lay maybe two or three a week. Okay. 
So they're still not a respectable amount. If you're looking for friendly chickens that are still going to give you eggs, and that's a very good. large egg. Okay. A very large brown egg. Nice. So good for baking purposes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this this takes a lot of eggs. You can make it ahead. And it's kind of our Christmas Eve tradition to make it in the morning, stick it in the fridge. Okay. And then bake it. And it smells amazing in the oven. It's Mm -hmm. really good. And we serve it with cinnamon rolls. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So it's our Christmas morning tradition. So that's why this one has a special place in my heart. And like I said, this is for my mother-in-law who passed to cancer. So... I mean, you can make it anytime, and you can make it Thanksgiving. Whenever you're going to have a lot of people, Mm -hmm. it's really good. It feeds a lot of people. And I I love that you can customize it. It can be gluten and dairy-free. It can be veggie. It can be, you know, meatless. How about in the spring when you have tons of eggs? Tons of eggs. Mm -hmm. You don't know what to use them. Then you throw your your spring veggies in it. Yeah. It would be delicious. Asparagus. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. Well, we're going to stick with this Christmas theme. Since we're... A little longer. Yeah. Because it is the season. Tis the season. And our retail therapy this week da, 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 is the Chicken Studio. This is a really cool, cool Yes, this picked. is a, another woman-owned business, an artisan. She has an Etsy shop, which is in our show notes. She hand-paints uh, farm and sort of country art on reclaimed wood. She has all kinds of chickens, goats. I've seen how And she personalizes. Pigs. She does do some personalization. And what we're talking about this week are her ornaments. Oh my goodness, they're so cute. They are on like a... Wood slice. Wood slice, Mm -hmm. and she can customize to what your chicken is. So I I saw where she had some breed specifics. Right. It costs a little more, but she can customize, and they were sort of portraits of a hen. Right. Um, I saw slices where these beautiful, fantastical blue roosters were painted on. Oh, I love those. They're kind of whimsical. Mm Mm-hmm. And those are really cool. And the price range, to be honest with you, isn't terrible to get an ornament starting at $15. Mm-hmm. And those are great hostess gifts. So say oh, sure. you have someone in your family that has chickens, you're going to their house, you want to give them a little something, you can't perfect. go wrong. And her stuff is gorgeous. And her signs, oh my goodness. It's really perfect if you have country decor or farmhouse decor or if you do... A chicken themed tree there is one on there that I really love and it says chicken mama and oh, she has cute. a lady and she has her feeding the chickens oh that's adorable because that's what we all are is chicken mamas we are chicken mamas so she has a lot of stuff and the ornaments you can't go wrong for people who love chickens mm-hmm. or yourself and they're hand-painted the price is right the price I mean yeah definitely again she's the chicken studio and the link is in our show notes and on that note time to wrap it up I don't know. Don't you need to tell us what we're talking about next week? Yes. (laughs) Next week, we're doing one of my favorite breeds, the Dominique. Yes. Another rare breed chicken. They're amazing. Our topic is bullying and boredom busters. And cracking the eggs is going to be cookies, including my famous peanut butter cookie recipe. Which my girls are going to be like salivating over, (laughs) because they always do. I've been making those cookies since we were teenagers. And it's cookie time. It is. December. Yeah. And you can't go wrong. So we just want to say bye for this week. Thank you again, everyone, for listening to us. Please continue. Again, the other thing is reach out to us. If you take pictures of the recipes that you make, hashtag us or put them on our Instagram page, tag us. We'd love to see everybody say hi to us. Send us a message if you have show ideas that you want us to talk about. Yeah, you can message us. You can email us, whatever's easier for you. We would love to hear from you. And take it easy over the Christmas holiday. Try to slow down and enjoy it. I know it's hard, but we're going to try a little bit. We can say that, right? Try. 
We try. <laughs> okay, so until next time, everybody, don't forget. Hug your chickens. Every day. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. If you'd like to see more from us, follow us on Instagram at Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. To send us comments, feedback, suggestion, or questions, email us directly, Chrissy and Holly at coffeewiththechickenladies.com. Thanks for listening.